following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Been tested this week? Anybody? In the last hour, maybe? Last night, yesterday, this week, right? Um, I saw something this week, and uh, it reminded me. I said, uh, on these issues, Roe versus Wade, these 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 things that uh, seem to be so important to so many. And the the question was, have you prayed about it as much as you talked about it? Um, especially with this momentous ruling. Um, but any time that we're tested, what's our first reaction? Is it, to, is it to go to a place of almost gossip or complaint? Right? And we talked about this before, but uh, we've been instructed not to gr- complain or grumble. Um, how's that going? Until we have a heightened awareness of our wretchedness, we will never understand how amazing grace really is. Um, I'm not sure who the author was. It wasn't me. Um, but it's humbling, and it brings us, brings us to this message. We're, we're talking about the theme of dwell once again. This is our theme for the year. Um, the message today is quiet confidence. Uh, and I'll explain what the Lord revealed to me. Um, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, good morning. We give you praise and glory, God, for who you are. Our awesome, holy God, God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, our King. Bless your name. Thank you so, so much for reminding us every day of your grace and your mercy your love, reminding us how much we are loved and having brothers and sisters to be the people who carry that message for you. We give you glory, Lord. We know that there are needs in this body. We pray, God, that you would be with them, that you would minister to those needs. We ask you, Lord, to bring healing and strength and comfort, peace and freedom from anxiety. There are questions that need to be answered, but you have the answer, Lord. It's your time, your way, your will. Lord, we just ask that you would uh, bring the word, bring the message that I would speak through, uh, through you and through your spirit. Your spirit would speak through me, that it would be illuminated because of you and what you've done. We thank you for your precious word. Remind us, help us to not take it for granted that this is our our truth, our weapons against lies. God, give us the strength and the confidence this day to go forward out into our mission field, to be bold, to be willing to share your message, to be unafraid, because we know you are with us. Lord, continue to bless this body this day, this time, your will, your way is what we seek. We know it is because of Jesus that we can even come to you, Lord, and we're so grateful.
Holy Spirit, move in this place. Meet us where we are as our hearts are opened up to you. Remind us again that we are loved. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. When we start, start looking at this uh, scripture verse, um, it's, it's very clear. It goes in one direction, and then as the Lord has done many times as I've entered into this, He just changes things, and uh, it's amazing. Uh, so our text is 1 John 4, 7 through 21. Um, the theme is obviously dwell. The message title is quiet confidence. Um, if you would, I'd like to read the, the scripture verse, and if you would be so kind, if you're able to stand in honor of God's word, our creator, his precious word. Um, 1 John 4, 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in Him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he, is, as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this, is the, and this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. That's the word of our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. So our theme is dwell. Uh, each time I've had the privilege, uh, just reminds us that our Heavenly Father desires to have a relationship with us. Okay. Um, John 15, a few months back, uh, I, I shared on that message as well, that we can do nothing without Him. We must stay connected to Him. He's divine. Um, and that reminds, reminder throughout this year, um, also that our, our, our love language, Jesus' love language is to obey to listen, to obey, to 
to follow his commandments. Uh, and how do we do that? We do that through, through our time in his word and understanding it, meditating on it in prayer. This week, what came to me was the fact, the reminder uh, to tell you all that God loves you, but he cares for you. Do you not know that? Do you, do, when you think about the fact that the creator of the universe actually loves you, he cares for you, does that not move you? So I'm going to read a scripture. It's not on the slides. Um, meant to be. Um, my fault. Psalm chapter 8. If you want to turn to that. Um, verses 3 through 6. Psalm 8, 3 through 6. Just a reminder. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Who am I that you are mindful of me, of us? Praise God. It's awesome. So dwell, how's that going? Right, the, 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 the status, if you will. This is where we're coming into July, the year's halfway over. Um, you know, the, the intention is to, 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 is to have us spend more time in the Word each, each month, each day. Um, how's that going? Let me encourage you, keep going. If you've had a, a time where uh, maybe it hasn't, hasn't uh, been as complete as you might have liked it to be, be encouraged. If your schedule a little different, like mine, be encouraged. Hold on tight to the word. Okay? This is the, this is the enemy trying to get you to move away. Okay, we know the battle has been won. We know that victory is already in the books. Praise God. And we're called to take up our cross daily. But you have to make some changes. Change requires change. The greatest agent of change in all of history was Jesus Christ. We know that. Praise God. And so as you're going through these last months of, of the year and, and your, your dwell, your time in, in remaining in, in, in the Word and in, in step with the Spirit, be encouraged. The Creator of all life, He loves you with an everlasting love. And He'll never let go. I'll be honest. Uh, it's been it's been an interesting it's been an interesting um, time these last few weeks because uh, you know I haven't been in school. It's personal. 
and I've had some opportunities where, you know, it's been more challenging in my, my quiet time. And as I was going through this, this context of this verse, these verses this week, uh, it was very clear. I knew God loved me, but I wasn't confident. And so that's, that's the, the, theory, the theme of this message today is quiet confidence. Or walk softly and carry a big stick. And you're, this being your big stick. So the context of this verse is, is uh, John, the one who Jesus loved. Um, and he wrote uh, uh, the last few books that are at least in, in Scripture before, before Jude and Revelation and, and uh, believed to be at the end of the first century. He was uh, believed to be an older guy in late in life. He's focusing in chapter 4 on God's love, which is clear. Uh, our memory verses for June was f- uh, verses 15 and 16. Uh, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us and God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. So that word abide is all, is all throughout this ver- these verses. Um, to remain, to dwell, to reside. Okay, we've, t- we've spoken, uh, we've gone over, and Pastor has mentioned this many times, he shared this, uh, but being at, at the, f- the foot of, of Jesus is where we are to be. To remain there. This scripture verse in, in verse 7 uh, starts off, Beloved, uh, and so it says, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Beloved, he says it again later, to remind us that you are loved. It's encouraging to love one another. Do we know how to do that? Well, who's the author and creator of love? God. This is a positive thing. But this is not familial love. This is not even brotherly love. This is beyond that. It's agape love. It is intentional. It is sacrificial. It is done knowing that what's being done can't be returned. It's selfless. And it's not to prove a point. It's not the kind of love that is to earn respect. It is seeking the greater good for God's glory. It is not demanding. It is unemotional. At least not meant to be. This is the type of love that John's referring to here. How can we possibly know how to love in that way? Abide. Remain. Reside in his word. In constant prayer, our nation needs it more than ever. It's intimate. To experience God through an intimate relationship, to know Him, to know His Word, not just memorized, 
speaking of that love in 1 John 2, chapters 9, excuse me, verses 9 through 11. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So the light is Jesus, his word, his truth. There's no cause for stumbling, it says in verse 10. What a great reminder. 1 John 3, 16-17 By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? It's a big question mark. But we see, we see that this, this relationship is mutual. The Lord, he dwells in us as much when we dwell in his word, when we abide in him. This is how the world changes. All of the protests and screaming that's happening this week and it's going to continue. Being the light is what's going to change that. The model for us is Jesus. The word of God explains that clearly to us. To love one another because we are loved. Verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Extravagant love. Intentional love beyond our imagination. This is the, this is the example that he sets for us. There's several scriptures here I want to share. Ezekiel 18.23 Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live? When we turn to God, it is life. When we set that example, it shows others that we are living for him and loving is a byproduct John 6, verses, verse 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. It's for everyone. Every child. That's why what happened this week is so momentous, because there are so many examples, 63 million of them, that never saw life. And God's intention is that every life be saved. 2 Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I should have had other verses. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His time is different than ours. He answers every prayer just not always the way we think we want it to be. But he wants all to reach repentance. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given, and in the NIV it says, lavished on us. 
to us that we should be called his children, children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. It's very easy for our busyness in life to get in the way. To go through the motions, to find the opportunity to read a verse, maybe say a prayer and move on. And I'm, not, I'm speaking for myself. Where's our hunger for God's word? This is what the world needs. And, and, and this positive message of love, it's going to turn here in a few minutes. I'll make it quick, Mary. Beth. Verse 9, and this is the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This just blows me away. Um, He sent his only son to save us. He demonstrated his love for us in ways that we can't even imagine. Things that are happening that we don't even see. And this is, this is something that we have to be reminded of every single day. John 3.16 is, is flippantly taken for granted, I think. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Can we really grasp that? Love came down for us. Willingly took the wrath that we deserved. Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Put those two verses together, John 3, 16, and then Romans 5, 8. Not only did he come, but he came to die, to take the wrath. Are we taking that too lightly? Do we gloss over that? Because that's just the foundation of Christianity. But, but really meditate on that for a while. Every day. Because when we do, I think it'll break your heart. It goes back to the wretchedness of our ways. And the grace of God, the free gift. Praise the Lord. Verse 10, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. There's that word, propitiation. Uh, years ago, I, uh, I gave a meditation and I used that word for the, probably the first time in my life, propitiation. This really illuminates what Jesus is. The Greek word helasmos means to make favorable. But Jesus, and that's what it is. Jesus made us favorable by standing, by substituting, being the substitute for sin, standing in our place, taking that punishment. This is love. 
That's God's love. Earlier in the verse, it talked about taking up the cross daily. How's that going? Are we willing? And I'm speaking to myself. Believe me. Romans 3, verse, uh, chapter 3, 20, verse 25, the second part of the verse. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he has passed over our over former sins. That's a summary of what he has done for us. He's passed over them in his divine forbearance to show his righteousness. Jesus came for us to show us the Father. He came to die to show us love. God is love. He's our substitute. He's so much more than that. 1 John 2, verses 1 through 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. This is the summation of it. We must take this message out. It's not for us to, to hold close, to go into our little holy huddle and just keep it nice and tight on my heart. That's convenient. But we're being called here to share this message with the world, to go out into our mission field, wherever that may be, to be bold. Years ago, when my son soccer player Jack um, when he was in his early days he would be the first guy to pick up somebody who got knocked down um, the ball would go out of bounds and he would go get it even if his team wasn't supposed to have the ball he was getting it to the and uh, sad to say his old man stood up there one day and said don't be nice everybody laughed kind of like you just did and then it, you know, it took, a, took a little while because at that point in my walk, I think he was probably nine, nine years old. I say that because there's a perception in our culture that we are supposed to be nice. It's a different kind of nice. The love that Christ showed us was sacrificial. It was painful. Are we willing to share that kind of love with the world? Or are we afraid to hurt their feelings? Just be nice. Jesus stood in our place. He took the wrath of God. Can we truly appreciate that? By being in his word, by dwelling, absolutely. Residing and remaining, absolutely. Stay connected to the vine, absolutely. Because we are prone to forget. That previous verse, John 2, 1 John 2, we write, he writes these things so that we may not sin. But if anyone does, we have a place to go to be refreshed, not to abuse that grace. We just sang, Good God Almighty. And what the verses talk about is amnesia. 
I can't count the times I've called your name some broken night and you showed up and passed me up like you do every time. I get amnesia. I forget that you keep coming around. You never, you'll ever, I for, you ain't no way you'll ever let me down. It's important for us to stay in the world so we don't get amnesia. So that we don't let that slow fade enter. The enemy is slick. He's looking for every opportunity. He's infiltrating churches to just be nice, to not to speak the truth in love. Don't be, don't, don't, don't preach that message because you might hurt someone's feelings. Is that the truth? We need that. I need that. I need to hear it. When we trust Jesus, we're washed clean. May we never forget. Day in, day out. We've been sanctified. Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Beloved. Just a reminder, just in case you forgot from the earlier verse, verse 7. Beloved, you are loved. Now this is, almost sounds kind of like a recommendation. But if you go further in other parts of Scripture, it's a command. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Command to love. As we've shared in this church body many times, we're here to love God and love each other. Love people. And Jesus Christ is our model. The Holy Word of God is, is, is specific and clear. How do we know the, the heart and mind? Through His Word. Intimate time. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. We know God is essentially a spirit. He is whatever appearances he made in Old Testament and in different scenarios was spiritual. It was only a piece because he's made it very clear that he's never been seen. He's invisible in that context, but we know he's, he's there. Only partial revelations. But the key here is the perfected in us part of that verse. Because it's through that dwelling that we become perfected. Does that mean we become perfect? No, that's the goal, right? To, to be transformed, to be like Christ. That's our prayer. We know that God abides in us when we abide in him. There's some scripture here that speak to his immortality, his appearance in ways that we can't imagine. First Timothy, First Timothy 6, 
16. Who alone has immortality? Who dwells in unapproachable light? Whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. John verse chapter 4, 24. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. That's our connection. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.17 To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He's at work. Even when we don't see Him, He's working. When we don't feel Him, He's working. That's the beauty of it. Our faith is based on our trust in Him even when we can't feel it or see it because we know He's there. And he never leaves us, nor forsakes us. Now, perfected in us at the end of verse 12. The Greek translation of that is, hopefully I say it right, is teleu. Teleu, which essentially means mature or complete. It's not absolute perfection in the context that we normally would think as our Lord Jesus Christ being a perfect, uh, an example of perfection, sinlessness. But when we abide, we're, became, we're made complete. We're made mature. And here's the thing that's so awesome is that it actually was said twice. It was tell you, tell you, which is like completely complete or perfectly perfect. Emphasis. When he's in us, we're being perfected. We're being completed. It's so encouraging. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you are physically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever's happening, God is perfecting you. Let's plug in. Verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And 14, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Blessed assurance. We can know. I've said this before, but there's no other faith, religion, cult, nothing where there's assurance. Every other example, they're hoping that that this God or whomever they believe in is going to give them some kind of grant of eternal life or salvation. We know. We have assurance. And when we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And in this case, there was actual eyewitness testimony. Amazing. When we trust Christ, he is sealed in us Holy Spirit that he gave, that he left, is in us. John 14, 15 through 17. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Praise God. He's with us. And again, back to verse 14 in, this, in the uh, verses for this, this month. 
testify, eyewitness accounts. We can be sure that the Bible is reliable. That always comes into question. If you know who Dr. Vody Bakum is, there's a video out there online that you can watch. It'll change your mind if you're not sure why he believes, choose to believe in the Bible and everything that he lays out is so on point. The most reliable set of documents ever in history. I mean, it'll literally blow your mind. And if you've seen it before, go back and watch it again. Just to be reminded. Verses 15 and 16. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Assurance after assurance after assurance. Realize through this close relationship, an intentional relationship, maybe even in your case, it has to be a sacrificial relationship where you have to give something up to spend more time. You've got to give something up to be in a closer proximity, a closer a posture to him, to turn towards him and, and to turn away from something else. God is love. And when we turn towards him, when we get into his word, he's in us. Praise the Lord. Romans 10, 9, we've heard it many times, but if you, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confession and believing. Talk is cheap. The believing part is the love part. Living loved. It's demonstrated. The believing is demonstrated through our lives. Being willing to say you're sorry and ask for forgiveness because you're not perfect and we still make mistakes. Humbling yourself. Being a shining example of Jesus demonstrates our belief. assurances and it can never be shaken or taken I just I get chills about that I go back to the beginning when I said who am I that he is mindful of me and here's the beauty of it, Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. It's amazing. That's love. Now, detour real quick. Interrupt this program to bring you an important message. Life is not all sunshine and rainbows. Many of us know that right now. We've discussed some amazing truths today. God's love. 
Here's another truth. We are in a battle for souls. This is where this message title came from. We're in the battle for our lives and the lives of others. Jesus saves. The battle has been won for those who believe, but there are many who don't. We can live in confidence knowing that Jesus paid it all and sin's been defeated. Praise the Lord. Pretty much puts a target on your back. Many of us know it right this moment. Guarantee. There will be trials. Jesus even said so. And what did he say? But take heart because I've overcome the world. This week's event demonstrate the battle for souls. The battle for lives. We must be prepared. We know who the battle belongs to. It's not ours to fight. He goes before us. His word is the, the weapon. Let's jump to verse 17 to kind of imp- By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. As we are being made mature and completed, we can have confidence. We can know quietly in our time of abiding and remaining. But then we've got to be bold. We've got to take it out with us. There are souls that need to hear this message. Don't ever think you're the person or that you have some special power to bring people to know Christ. It's a spirit thing. It's the Holy Spirit. But you're put in those places for a reason to plant those seeds, maybe to put some water on those seeds or maybe to even harvest it. Lord, open up our eyes to those opportunities that we might be able to do just that. Give us the confidence to go and just share your word. Souls need to hear this message. Philippians 3, 8 through 9. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. It's not something that we do. It's God working through us to take us out into that battle. And I, and I, Ephesians 6, VBS, praise God for those children who heard that message, the armor of God. It's in your notes, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Let us never forget it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present, the, this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. 
Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Verse 19, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change. chains. May I de- declare it boldly as I ought to speak. We have to be bold in that message. It's not our strength. It's his strength. Let me refer you to Jude. And there's only one chapter. Verses 1 through 3. Starts off complimentary. Starts off encouraging. But then he gets to the brass tacks of it. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Judgment, excuse me, um, beloved, skip to another section. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend for the faith. See, the first part is just being nice, encouraging, sunshine. The love of God is awesome. But let's be real. There is a battle going on. It is a battlefield, battleground. We must be willing to contend for the faith. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 6 I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I am away. I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your disobedience, excuse me, when your obedience is complete. The Bible, the word of God, is the tool. War is being waged. This is a spiritual battle. I'm not trying to be overly negative here. This is the truth. But it's not against flesh. It's not against people. It's not against protests or protesters. It's not against flesh and blood. Ephesians mentioned that. 2 Corinthians 10 just mentioned that. Paul is speaking very clearly. The enemy is using subtle methods to seep into our lives, to, to demonstrate violations of the truth as being real. We've got to stay in the word. We've got to know it better than they know it. Because they're going to throw it right in our face. 
the lives of many are depending on it. There is no fear in love, verse 18, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. This is our motive. This should be our motive. This should be our prayer. Lord, help us to love because you loved us. Show us how. Inspire us to love because you loved us first. We're being made complete. We are being perfected. Don't get ahead of yourself. Stay in, stay in the word. Stay in the spirit. Stay prayed up. Tim Keller wrote, the next time you experience pain or worry and anxiety, consider that it may be fueled by too much confidence that your plans are wiser than God's. Too much confidence that your plans are wiser than God's. Guilty. Verse 20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. 21, and this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Must. It's clear. Can't pick and choose. Can't be afraid to not share that gospel message because you might offend. It's clear. And how do we love God? How do we show Jesus our, that we love him? By obeying. Praise the Lord for your message. A couple of quick things. One last verse. 1 John 3, 10 through 17. By this is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. But by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? I said that earlier, right? How? It can't happen. They go together, it's mutual. For us to love our brother, we have to love God. God loves us. It is inside us. The spirit is moving. We have the tools we need. We have the, the spirit of God, the love of God pouring over us. Charles Spurgeon once said, wrote, this means that if it is true that he loves now, do you believe it? Oh, if you really do believe that he has loved you so, sit down and turn the subject over in your mind and say to yourself, Jesus loves me. Jesus chose me. Jesus redeemed me. 
Jesus called me. Jesus pardoned me. Jesus has taken me into union with himself. Praise the Lord. Now, about to finish up, the worship team wants to come up. So a few questions, some applications. We're halfway through the year. How, do, do an evaluation. How is your dwell time? How's it growing? Remember, we are powerless when we are prayerless. What changes are needed to grow in your relationship with the Lord? Be honest. He already knows. Are you living in quiet confidence knowing the battle is won, that the love of God is in you? And if not, what changes need to be made? Are you ready today to go out that door and to be going to battle with the word? Are you asking God to prepare you daily? Or are you doing it in your own strength? We can walk confidently because of what Jesus has already done. He loves us beyond our imagination. Praise the Lord. If there's any questions, if anybody has any concerns about this message and they want to talk about it, they want to pray over it, if you haven't given Jesus Christ your heart, today's the day. Pastor Colin, myself, Marty, we'll pray with you. Anyone, come see us. If you want to recommit your life today, today's the day. Don't go outside those doors and, and, and give it another chance. To give the enemy another chance. It's too important. I appreciate you guys letting me share with you today. I love you very much. Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.